When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Welcome. The happiness equation. It's the Improbable Research Podcast. I'm Mark Abrams, editor of the magazine Annals of Improbable Research, with a special pocket-sized episode about research that makes people laugh, then think. If you like what you hear today, consider supporting us at our website, improbable.com. Now, here's psychologist Jean Burko Gleason. Jean, let's talk about the happiness equation. Okay. It's in a study. What's the title of this study? It's a long title. The Social Contingency of Momentary Subjective Well-Being. Well, that's clear, isn't it? It is now that I think about it. Explain it to me then, please. Well, the social contingency of momentary subjective well-being means that how you feel at the moment, you're feeling pretty good at the moment, your subjective feeling, Mm -hmm. is influenced by certain kinds of things in this social setting. The social contingency is not just that you feel good or you don't. Certain other things happening on the outside are affecting whether or not you feel good that you might not right away think have to do with your feeling good. That's a long description. Well, no, I mean, it's basically it's saying that, for instance, if you are having a delicious meal at a restaurant, you will enjoy it more if uh, the people around you are enjoying their meal. Okay. Who wrote this? It was written by Rob B. Rutledge, Archie O. DeBerker, Svenja Espenhan, Peter Dion, and Raymond J. Dolan. They published it in Nature Communications in 2016. And where are they? The authors are at the Max Planck University College London Center for Computational Psychiatry and Aging Research and at University College London. Computational psychiatry, is that a big field? Wow, wow. We actually, you know, I guess there's computational everything now, so you might as well have computational psychiatry uh, and aging research. I don't know if it's computational aging research. Anyway, so you want to know what they did? Uh, Okay. Using a novel social decision task combined with computational modeling, we show that a participant's subjective emotional state reflects not only the impact of rewards they themselves receive, but also the rewards received by a social partner. There you go. There you go. Unequal outcomes, whether advantageous or disadvantageous, reduce average momentary happiness. And I think people have already showed this with like monkeys. <laughs> uh, like monkeys. No, they have already showed in a number of various kinds of other studies that that if you are giving monkeys fruits or cucumber slices, they prefer fruits, uh, they are 
less happy if you give their companions cucumbers. I mean, they feel better if everybody is equally rewarded. How do you personally feel about the uh, fruits and cucumber slice dilemma well, when you're I, placed in that dilemma with, with I, fruits I, and with cucumber but, slices? Well, actually, I like cucumber slices, but, you know, I should think the Brits would, too, think about history of cucumber sandwiches and all that. But you can understand what this is about fairness. What they're really saying is that human beings have fairness as part of their equation of happiness when they receive good things. That it, You feel great if you get rewards, but you feel much better if the people around you are rewarded, not punished. We could happily spend all day and all night talking about this, but let's zero in on one very particular part of this study. Yeah. It's an equation that they give in the study, which you see in front of you now, that they call the happiness equation. Could you describe it? I can't believe it. Could it you describe it well, for, for people listening? Okay. This is an equation that, that looks like it's, it's telling you how you get from here to Mars, okay? Uh, but happiness with a T after it equals W. O plus W1 sigma, it's, it's, it's a long, long equation that looks as if it ought to, you know, actually be telling you something, yeah. but it's it's really just a way. The part of, of it saying, that you read is just the very beginning of it. Oh, it goes on forever. And it ends with, I don't know what RPE is, where T is the trial number, W0 is a constant term, other weights, W capture, the influence of different event types. It is an extremely, well, they're at a, at a place for computational modeling. So, you know, if you're going to do, if that's what you do, that's what, that's what you're going to end up with big equations like this. But, you know, I think it looks good, but since Every one of the variables is just sort of phenomenological. It's not the kind of thing that you expect to have much impact. What do you mean by phenomenological? Well, it's all about how you feel. I mean, happiness is how you feel. How do so you feel about these, this equation for happiness? Well, it makes me pretty unhappy. It's pretty it, – I would prefer if they were just able to say, you know – People are happier when this happens than when this happens, not this long equation. Because when you make an equation like this, it implies that you can manipulate the, the individual parts of the equation and get predictable outcomes. And I'm sure that's not true. What are the chances, just off the top of your head in a wild guess, what are the chances that this equation really does accurately describe and capture all the important things about happiness? Well, here's the thing. In science, you have to be able to check your results or replicate them. And I don't know how you possibly do this. How, how do you check this equation? You know, you, you, you check the equation for how to get to Mars by whether or not your rocket lands on Mars. But this, what does, how can you possibly, uh, uh, how can you possibly operationalize this model? Operationalize? Yeah. How can you put it into, how can you put it out there and, and use it? What will you use it for? Will it predict something? What kind of use do you think they may have gotten from this? Well, I think they are showing how scientific they are. I mean, that's what computational modeling is about if it isn't actually designed to... Uh, for instance, if you're, if you're modeling uh, speech in some sense and you have all these various 
um, uh, subcategories that are going on. Ultimately, you ought to be able to synthesize speech using the model you've made. Well, are they going to synthesize happiness? You know, what will this model do? That's my question. Okay. I think it's a descriptive model. It's, it's not an operational model. And as a descriptive model, I personally would just be happier if they could speak in sentences and use paragraphs and all of that. I think it reflects a certain uh, impetus on the part of people in more or less the social sciences to show that they are just as scientific as everybody else. And, and uh, let me ask you a question you don't have to answer. Are they? Well, you know, no, because because as I say, so much in the social world is feelings and is subjective that it's very, very hard to come up with a hard model on the outside that you can just write down some sort of set of equations to explain it. Have you ever sat down for even a couple minutes and tried to write an equation to describe your own happiness? Not I said the little red hen. <laughs> you know people who have? <laughs> well, no, because I don't know these people, and I don't know anybody else who does that. So. And now after looking at this, you're not terrifically tempted to sit down and try it yourself? Well, no, I'm not. And I may be being very unkind to them. I mean, they, they may have all kinds of excellent rationales for what they're doing. And I, I don't want to imply that these are not worthy people and that they're that their approach is not worthy in some sense, because one of the things that we keep telling people about getting to truth is the whole notion of convergent validity, the whole notion that people work on topics from many different angles. And by the time we've tried many, many different ways of conceptualizing and getting to a scientific answer, they all come together and then you are closer to the truth. So they're aiming toward a kind of truth and I, it, their approach is not the approach I would want, but I don't want to denigrate them either. You would not count on this equation by itself to uh, sum up happiness. It would not be my way of going. No, but you know, I'm not a big fan of the courses at Harvard on happiness either. You know, if if you read some of the happiness literature, you're not overcome by how rigorous it is either. One last question. Of the happiness researchers you've run across, the ones you've met and the ones you've just read about, as a group, compared to other groups of psychologists, how happy are they? I think they're probably none of them as happy as somebody like the Dalai Lama, who actually has a philosophical view of happiness. Who else is happy? The Dalai Lama comes to mind because uh, he... Uh, what was that? You hear that little voice that keeps saying yeah, that, that there's somebody at my front door? I'm oh, sorry yeah, yeah. about that. Phone, huh? I, I thought I turned it off, but I have one of those cameras that keeps telling me there are people coming to get me. So anyway, no, I don't know who else is happy besides the Dalai Lama. You know of only one happy person in the world? I, I'm trying to think if I know any other happy people. Well, I think of you as being a pretty happy person. Well, I, I, I think, well, again, I'm, from my perspective, it's also philosophical. I mean, I feel very strongly that we only get one chance to go around and that we might as well have a good time while we're here. You know, we might as well try. But, you know, in these, in these days, it's very hard. We live in a, a not very happy world at the moment. 
So don't get me going on how pessimistic I'm feeling. But yeah, I, I, I think it's important to try to lead a life in which you have some fun and, and have some fun for others as well. Are equations a big part of that, potentially? No, they're very dry and boring. Words would be. If they had a poem about happiness, I'd like it a lot better. Do you have a poem about happiness? I do not, but I think poets could probably tell you better than this equation. If I press you now to come up with a poetic ghost of a thought about happiness, could you do it? No, I'm, I'm not a poet, and I'm not going to suddenly become one on the spur of the moment. Just a thought? No, 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 none. Whimsy? A bit of whimsy? Mm-mm. None. Hatred? None. Distaste? Disgust? Uh, listen, you know I could do disgust, but we're not doing disgust no, today. No, we're not doing disgust today. <laughs> We've done disgust. <laughs> disgust is the story of my life. It's funny. You seem usually happy to discuss disgust. Uh, that's because the words that I find disgusting are such funny words. Such as? Uh, succulent. Let's leave it at that. You've been listening, if you've been listening, to a special pocket-sized episode of the Improbable Research Podcast. What we explored today was featured in the magazine, the special psychology issue of the magazine, Annals of Improbable Research. I inveigle you to subscribe to the magazine and to buy some back issues. Also, get some details about the 2020 Ig Nobel Prize ceremony and how we're coping with the copious constraints of the COVID-19 pandemic. And get some info about how you can help via our Patreon. All of this is at our website, improbable.com. It's possible that Seth Glicksman is the improbable production assistant. Next time on this podcast, we'll look at something or other. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>